So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. Hi, I'm Shelly Dax, and you're listening to the Hysterical Women podcast with an X. That was so perfect. Excellent. Thank you. Awesome. So um, I know that, Diana, you will need to leave us because you have other other things. So, um, But one thing that we we were so curious about and would love to know is how you found out about us. Um, you know, actually, there's a tattooer in, I want to say, Washington, D.C. named Amani K. Brown. Oh, Amani. Okay. Yeah. I and Amani. Yeah. And I can't remember. I was just, saw something on oh her. Oh, my Instagram. gosh. She did Jade's Ink. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amani. She was a D.C. Web Fest 7. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So she, um, so she was on uh, the Tattoo Sisterhood Revolution that I recorded. I interviewed her and she was amazing and awesome and funny. And anyway, then when I saw, I, I, she mentioned your podcast or, or something about hysterical women. And I was like, Oh, that sounds wonderful. (laughs) Well, thank you for reaching out to us. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, And what was the event that you were both attending again? Well, it was, uh, it was a, a virtual interview series and it was called the Tattoo Sisterhood Revolution. And I also used women with an X in my subtitle. Very cool. And where can people find that or did that, did that already happen? Well, it already happened, but I'm releasing episodes by the week on uh, awesome. YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So they can find you at Shelly Dax on YouTube? Yes. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. Okay, so I look forward to checking that out very, very much. Yeah. So when you reached out, I was immediately really interested in this idea as a topic <laughs> um, for lots of different reasons. Okay. And sure. then kind of coming from there, wanted to hear what your experience was before the Rona, during the Rona, all of the above. <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, like this is such a, a wild time. Um, but in particular, something that I have always thought was really interesting about the tattoo and body art world is the misconception that women are not big players in this or that they are newcomers and that's mm-hmm. just patently and historically so wrong right you are correct like, <laughs> yeah and it's like a really lost history mm-hmm. um and I remember like being aware of that in a, in some way but then even when you try to do the research it's almost like the historical records are really very poor mm-hmm. um at least in my experience when you're trying to find things and when I was doing a little bit of research about this before we spoke I realized, so side note, um, back before the legislature around piercing really became as robust as it is now, um, in high school, I was an apprentice piercer as an after-school job, which they don't let you do that anymore. Right. Um, 
But I remember when suddenly the laws changed. But when I was looking up, because I was like, you know, tell me more about the history in the legislature of this in the U.S. And I was fascinated to find out that tattoos were illegal in New York City from, what, 1963 to 1997? And they weren't legal in Oklahoma until 2006. And just all kinds of weird and arcane rules. Like (laughs) Massachusetts, it wasn't legal until 2000 when the ACLU became involved. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, wait a second. I thought it was kind of like the Wild West and there wasn't any legislature. And you just went and you got this thing done. And then somewhere around like 2000, 2000s, they started cracking down. And then I realized that, no, my sense of what the law was, was really incorrect. And that to me, and then I, I started going down a rabbit hole and realizing that I should talk to an expert. So I'm glad that I'm talking with you. <laughs> uh, but that was something that I was just like, what on earth is happening here? Got it. Okay. So I am not as um, up on the history as you are, apparently. <laughs> history, well, of, history of the legislation, so at least. <laughs> weird. Because I'm like, you could definitely get a tattoo in New York City yeah. before oh, yeah. 1997. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Well, the truth is, of course, you know, there's tons of people that are tattooing under the table all the time, whether they're licensed or not. So that's always happening. Yeah. Yes. So are we just jumping in? Are we going? Oh, yeah. Well, so that was just something that I was thinking about. I was because I was thinking about how women have been erased from history in this area. And then when I started going down a little like Internet rabbit hole, I was like, wait a second. I didn't realize that our ruling was actually way more convoluted than I ever realized. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and then I was like, okay, so I wonder what the licensing process for you was, what your experience <laughs> was, was like coming, coming into this art form. Yeah. Um, so, and then also everything else that you would like to speak about. And Diana, also, if you need to leave at any point, please just let us know. I don't want to keep you. Okay. Awesome. I'll be on mute, but I'll be, um, uh, working on other stuff in case tech issues okay, arise. Thank we'll you be so able much, to Diana. Okay. And thank you again, Shelly. We appreciate sure, you. Sure. No problem. Okay. Okay. So I'll just jump in with, uh, you know, the stuff that I understand about the laws as they stand now. I'm more up on the educational side of things. Okay. Then let's, we can definitely start with that. I, that was something that I was just so flummoxed by. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I just thought that was so weird. But I would love to hear your origin story and the educational element as well. We don't need to necessarily talk about that. Well, I do find it very fascinating too. Now you've sparked an interest in me going and trying to figure this out as well. But and, anyway, and I would love to know some from someone who actually knows what they're doing. Cause I just thought I was like, Oh, that's an interesting link. And the next thing I know I'm on this like really long internet, like Alice in Wonderland, just diving sure. down. <laughs> well, you know, women have been involved in tattooing for a long time as well as you know, ancient peoples and that kind of thing too. Mm -hmm. So, so it's really been America itself. That's, you know, been part of the challenge in in that regard. But um, so my understanding is that there are about four States that require tattoo school. Um, And then most of the other States, it's the traditional apprenticeship method, as well as many of the other countries in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. so they still have the traditional apprenticeship style. Now that there's probably, oh, I don't know, maybe five or six states in the U S that actually have some sort of regulation around what it means to have an apprenticeship. But Mm -hmm. then most of the states 
you know, probably 40, 50% really have nothing. Okay. Um, it's very loosey goosey and it's really up to the individual shop owner slash tattoo mentor to, <laughs> you know, get to say what they're going to do and what they're going to include in apprenticeship. So, um, there is reasons why for years people have just stuck with that idea of apprenticeship and they, and a lot of old schoolers think that tattoo school is ridiculous and should be mm -hmm. shot. <laughs> yeah. And so yes. And so here's the thing now in the state that I live in, which is Oregon, it is required to go to tattoo school. We're one okay. of four states where you have to go to tattoo school. So when I first decided to go to ta tattoo school, I, or when I first started thinking about tattooing, I didn't know anything about it, obviously, at all. Um, and so when I found out, oh, you have to go to tattoo school. Well, that was my first experience here. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I did. And so then over time, I started to discover more and more and more. Oh, wait, this isn't what everybody has to do. This is totally different. Yeah. And a lot. And then I started to hear more and more stories about people who have suffered <laughs> through traditional apprenticeships. <laughs> yes. And so <laughs> if we want to talk about that. Um, so when I did the uh, Tattoo Sisterhood Revolution interview series, part of that was to bring to light uh, the way people are getting educated in this industry. And so I was able to talk and I really wanted to focus on women's experience. Yeah. And so, yeah, I got to talk to some incredible and wonderful artists and many of them did have not great experiences when it comes to going, uh, uh, going through an apprenticeship. Because is it correct that the apprenticeship, you were saying it's really too under the terms of your mentor or the shop in which you are apprenticing and there, there isn't really any, or well, not one place might be wildly divergent from the next. Is that correct? Right. Yes. And there's really no regulation about that. Like in overall, anything federal or anything, you know, at the state level, there, there are some, but nothing that's really um, sort of an overall overarching way of learning yeah. Um, and so what, what my biggest concern is that that leaves it open to individuals being uh, emotionally and phys if some physical, but uh, sexual abuse and harassment and that yeah. kind of thing, which is what I was really wanting to speak out about. Mm -hmm. um, because even though for me, I went to tattoo school almost 15 years ago. And at that time, tattoo schools had been pretty new. Maybe they'd only been around for maybe five to six years before that. So it was still coming off of the old school apprenticeship idea. So when I did go to tattoo school, even in Oregon, it still was a pretty crummy experience. Oh, and yeah. the biggest part of what was difficult for me is I was 38, maybe 39. I can't even mm -hmm. remember. I think 38. And um, so I was the oldest person there. And there were everybody else. And there were probably six or seven students between the ages of 18 and 25. So I was the oldest person there. And the guy that was our main instructor, yeah. his, his name was Creeper. His nickname was Creeper. Oh, no. And it was true. <laughs> um, uh. and so, yeah. And I had already been at the University of Oregon. I'd already been in, you know, real school. So I was yeah. expecting it to be professional because it was regulated by the state. But it really was a very difficult situation. And this man... Um, on the very first day of school said something like, 
well, he was trying to set up a, a, tat a mobile tattoo studio and he was telling us about it. And it was a new idea at the time. Mm -hmm. And he was, his very first thing was, if anybody steals my ideas, I'm going to stab you in the eye. <laughs> oh, that's delightful. Right? Yes. That's really delightful. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, so, and then of course the other aspect of it was there were, because there were a couple of guys working at the shop too, and they were all sort of helping with training. Uh, they all in their, in their stations, in their own tattoo stations had loads of pictures of naked women hanging up. Right. Cause that was sort of just what you expected in the old days. But, um, it was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. I can't imagine this making anybody else feel very comfortable either. Right. So there's just, there's just an interesting, mm, at least there was an interesting expectation of what it means to be a man tattooer and, you know, in this, in this world. So so that was that was challenging uh, because I think also being in school, being older, being a lot more self-assured and that kind of thing. I was looking around going, this is ridiculous. What, you know, and the training, what they called curriculum was a bunch of poorly copied pages, you know, cross that you can barely read, slapped together. It was it was pretty bad. <laughs> and uh, another time that I was there, the. <laughs> The guy took my machine apart completely, which the old school coil machines have a lot of working parts, little screws and all kinds of things. And I hadn't even learned how to put it back together yet, but he like took it apart, set it on my station. I had clients coming in and he's like, okay, put it back together. It's like, well, you only showed us once and I don't know how to do that, you know? <laughs> so just stuff like that. Now, now my experience wasn't even that bad, to be honest. I've heard from so many other people that theirs was way worse than what I went through. And we're talking about there almost being like a tradition that you should be treated harshly and almost militaristic um, before you earn the right to pick up a tattoo machine. And that still goes on to this day. And, and a lot of the people that I've talked to even live in, you know, other countries, England and New Zealand or whatever, they've described very similar situations, but also one of the biggest challenges is being a young woman in this industry and, you know, going into a shop like that. And you're literally kind of in a position where you have to beg to get in anyway and somehow prove yourself and prove that you're worthy of this kind of training. <laughs> um, and that's also pretty harsh. But, uh, but then also you're looking up to this tattoo mentor who is you know, more experienced and older than you. And if it's a man and he's older, I've heard many, many times that that it's you also have to put up with the sexual uh, um, comments constantly, um, you know, just degrading things, just being treated crappy, all of that. Um, and I just got a small taste of that in my situation. It seems like even though we don't have any, what an apprenticeship looks like, there are no rules or regulations um, and real protections as a worker in that environment. But it also seems like the experience at tattoo school, even to this day, is is still kind of toxic. You know, it really depends. So I own a tattoo school and I've been teaching for about eight oh, years. that's awesome. Yeah. And so one of my goals, of course, when I started was I absolutely want to have an amazing, comfortable environment, particularly for newcomers and women and older people or whatever. So, so it's not like, I mean, but I'm not saying that all of the schools in Oregon or anywhere else are necessarily great either. You know, I don't know. And I've heard stories and things, but, you know, 
it is so it is changing so at least what i'm trying to do is changing at least the people that i get to deal with you know yeah 